So hey, welcome back to Accelerated Investor. Hey, this is Josh, and I'm really excited that you're joining me for this next episode. In this episode of AI, I am interviewing Adam Stern. Now, the reason why you want to listen to this episode is Adam has actually transacted more single-family rental portfolios than any other single professional broker in SFR history. Okay, did you hear that? In history, he's built a firm presence in the institutional single-family rental space. And over the past decade, he's made a career out of listing and selling existing rental portfolios to some of the largest institutional investors in real estate investing, including newly emerging private equity groups. Uh, Adam has over a decade of real estate investing experience and recently launched his newest company, which is called Strata SFR. And Strata SFR is focused on the build-to-rent community. He also was the president and founder of an online single-family rental marketplace called Own America, which he sold back in 2019. So in this interview with Adam Stern, you're going to hear, number one, how Adam became the top broker in the history of the single-family rental space. Number two, he's going to tell you why he believes in build-to-rent and why building properties and building communities, building developments to actually not sell them, but to rent them is the strategy of the future. And you're also going to hear some of Adam's top strategies for how he is able to to create relationships with some of the top institutions that are buying residential real estate to rent and how he's turned residential real estate into a commercial transaction. So I think you're going to love this interview on the AI podcast with Adam Stern. Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you're looking to retire early with forever passive income, you're in the right place. This podcast is the go-to destination for real estate investors, both active and passive, and multifamily apartment investors, both new, intermediate, and advanced. Now, sit back, listen, learn, and accelerate your business, your life, and your investing with the Accelerated Investor Podcast. So Adam, listen, so excited to have you on today on Accelerated Investor. Thanks for being here. Good to be here, Josh. Thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. So Adam, listen, when, when, when I got some information about you and your company, about Strata, and I started reading your bio, having been one of the most successful brokers in history uh, <laughs> that sold more rental portfolios than anybody, I'm like, got to have this guy on the show. So let, let's talk about what, what, are you, what are you doing now? What, what, what are you doing right in the middle of COVID? It's kind of COVID's kind of hopefully mm-hmm. winding down, going away soon. But hopefully. what are you sure. up yeah. to right now that you're excited about? What, what are you working on today? Uh, brokering deals, selling single family, building portfolios that's, uh, that's working well for you. So what's not to be excited about the single family rental space? I don't know. For anyone that's been following what's happening in single family rental, uh, everyone was really worried that COVID would, it would give it a big hit, that it wouldn't really thrive the way it has over the last year in COVID. But uh, the, the storyline is people are moving out of population centers. People need more room. People are naturally the millennial class is getting to the age where they start thinking about buying homes and they're kind of out of apartments and not yet ready to buy 
uh, a single family home and, and single family rentals has really been a beneficiary of that. And uh, we kind of got through a weird period at, you know, Q1, Q2 last year where everyone was a little bit weary about what was going to happen, whether new inventory right. was going to come on the market, whether prices were going to go down, prices were going to go up. What ended up happening was uh, uh, people ramped up buying in the single family rental space because institutional investors that had raised money to plow into the space, more of that money ended up coming in. Uh, rental rates didn't go down, didn't stay the same, but they ended up ticking up in most major markets around the country because people right. had a dire need to you know, find more space. And the single family rental space has been a beneficiary of that. So uh, I'm, I'm more or less a, a broker in the, in the space. And I focus on helping institutional capital uh, find its way into the space through the purchase of portfolios and also the purchase of built rent projects. So I was on kind of eggshells for a, a couple quarters last year. We all were. When, I real yeah, when we realized the world was going to implode and hey, new construction started going like gangbusters. Uh, all this money flowed into the space to buy new construction, build rent projects and SFR portfolios, kind of like uh, the, 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 the anxiety lifted and everyone felt a lot, a lot better about it. And for the last, call it 12 months, things have just been going at a million miles an hour in most markets around the country that have solid fundamentals, solid job growth, solid population shifts. And uh, it's been really great. The, the COVID uh, didn't hurt the SFR industry. It actually uh, supercharged it for yeah. at least the last 12 months. Absolutely. And the people who own a single family, for the most part, uh, you know, the retail mom, pop that, you know, live there mm -hmm. with their wife and, you know, husband, kids, they're yeah. not really selling, right? They're not, there's not a lot of those people moving. So there's so little inventory on the MLS. So prices keep going up so much so that I'm actually selling because we own mm -hmm. so many apartments now. We're selling all of our SFR, getting on the market, all the one to four units. And every time we put something on the market, it's selling in like 72 hours or less for full price. Yeah. It's absolutely I, I wild because there's no inventory to pick from. It's crazy. And, and I know a big part of your audience are people that, that, that have a focus toward building wealth through real estate. And you think about what's happening in the single family rental space right now, like from a mom and pop investor standpoint, how do you ride the trend and how do you make money from what's happening right now? You know, what I do is all well and good. I, I sell large swaths of properties to big institutions, but you know, someone that owns one or two or, or just a handful of single family rentals might be thinking, yeah, that's great for them. But like, how does this affect me? And I, I think depending on your view of the market, you could do a few things if you're an individual investor. I mean, right now, there's very, very little inventory in most major markets around the country. Right. And if that's the case, your opportunity to exit your property, whether you own one, two, five, is, is probably better now than ever. People are buying at lower cap rates, higher prices now than ever because there's so much capital in this space. So if you think it's a good time to exit, it is. The question is, where do you put your money? And I guess the, 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 the big question is, if you sell your rental, are you going to put the money in the stock market? Yeah, maybe it's overheated right now. Um, if you're really good at finding good deals, maybe you sell your property and then you look for the next good deal, even though it's harder to find. A lot of my clients are thinking that COVID will eventually wash out to have a number of foreclosures happen as a result. And you, know, you look at the mortgage uh, uh, delinquency numbers and they've been relatively steady. Um, think a lending tree came out with a report that said 30 or 60 day delinquencies had ticked up a little bit. So I don't know if anyone's thinking there's going to be another meltdown or at the very least a, a big swath of foreclosures to hit the market. But whatever your strategy is, it's, it's an easier time right now to exit an SFR portfolio or a handful of SFR. There's plenty of money to get it. 
The real question is, where do you put that money? Do you plow it back into real estate or do you kind of find another asset class to put it in? And you're in multifamily. So, you know, you would know the opportunity to, to switch from single family to multifamily or multifamily to another asset class like office or flex or industrial or something like that. I'm not an expert in, 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 in those asset classes. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a really good answer for you. Yeah, no, but no doubt. I mean, if you're if you're in a single family and looking to kind of level up, there's the options to become a private uh, limited partner in a syndication where yeah. let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars on an SFR sale. Now you take that hundred thousand of principal and invest it in a syndication where you're truly a limited partner and have no responsibility for day to day operation at all. You're just either waiting for that uh, sale or refi event uh, and probably getting a preferred return along the way. And then hopefully if it's a refi, you know, you keep, keep your equity in that deal, get your principal back and invest again somewhere else. Uh, so that's, that's what I would do. That's what I am doing. Um, and then obviously diversification, you know, even though uh, office is hurting, some retail is hurting because of COVID and because people leaving offices working from home. Uh, one of the things that we're looking at is actually the cannabis space because cannabis is now legal, either medicinal or recreational in 39 different mm -hmm. states. And yeah. some of those strip centers that are hurting, uh, there's a lot of cannabis companies that are looking to put dispensaries in those places. So I'm not looking to get yeah. in the cannabis business. I'm in the real estate business of owning that piece of real estate, having the cannabis companies actually pay for the improvements on that strip center and then doing a triple net lease. Right. So yeah. there's always I guess my point there is not, you know, people doing what I do. You know, everyone can follow if they want to follow and do what we do. Great. If they want to follow, do what you do. Great. I guess my point mm -hmm. is there's always opportunity, right? The market shifts. Yep. You've got to find, well, what's the next kind of thing that's coming? So, Adam, I'm yeah. curious to hear from you about, you know, you've sold more single family portfolios and properties than almost anybody in the industry. So it's not like you're just selling a couple hundred units here, five, you know, five units there. Talking about hundreds, mm -hmm. thousands of units to big institutions. So, yep. how did you get into the space, and when did you do your first large institutional uh, portfolio transaction? Yeah, so uh, kind of my history in the space has been kind of uh, I, I, I've been pushed into different uh, sectors of the space, and it all kind of started in 2010 uh, during the housing meltdown. I started a company with a partner called Own America. We ended up doing acquisitions through an agent network that we created all over the country helping institutions buy SFR through the MLS, through our agent network. We turned that into an, a platform that helps mid-cap and small-cap portfolio owners, people that own SFR in 5, 10, 20, 100 group sets uh, to those very same institutions. So um, I became a really specialized broker that only knew this asset class, only knew, like if you asked me to sell one house, I'd, I'd have no idea how to do it. But if you give me 100 <laughs> houses, I'm your guy, right? So yeah. uh, we built this platform up. We sold it back in 2019. All my clients that were mainly REITs and institutions and multifamily funds and private equity firms and family offices, they were all asking for the same thing. It, it, it had come to pass where it made more sense to build a new construction property and put a tenant in there than it did to buy an existing home in most markets. So there was this trend called build for rent. Everyone was yeah. really hot on it. Love that I story. said, all right, you know, as a broker, how the, how the hell do I add value? You know, I can keep out there finding SFR portfolios and I still do that. But I learned what everyone was looking for in the Bill Friend space. And I really focused my attention on finding and putting together Bill Friend deals. So in 2020, I basically, you know, uh, I, I parted ways with the company that bought my company. Uh, and it was great. It was a great split. Started Strat SFR to focus on SFR portfolios and Bill Friend. And more or less, um, what I do is I find 
where there is a common need on the capital side. So, you know, out of three dozen investors, uh, three quarters of them want to own in the smile states, the Southeast, from Raleigh to Jacksonville to Tampa. They want to buy in solid demographic areas with good schools, close to transit, close to amenities. And, you know, everyone has a nuanced view of the, everyone has a nuanced view of what they're looking for, but there's a common thread that goes through all of them. So I'm like, all right, let me find the common thread and let me focus my attention on finding assets that fit the majority of those people. And that's what I've been doing. I've been finding uh, built front projects, mostly townhomes and single family detached communities. And the, the idea behind built for rent, which, you know, for people that don't know is if you live in an apartment complex, it's usually highly amenitized and you live very close to other people. You don't have a backyard, you don't have a garage. And if you're not quite ready to, to, to move into a single family house, cause you don't have the down payment or it, your lifestyle is just, it doesn't, it doesn't correlate. Now there's an option to, to, to rent either a brand new construction unit in a entirely condensed community of all rentals, which feels like an apartment complex, but you have a garage and you have a backyard and you're living in a house versus an apartment complex. And that's the trend right now in SFR. Uh, so it's a big focus of mine as, you know, as well as the good old standby, which is, you know, people like you and me and, and, and others that have amassed portfolios of, you know, 10, 20, 40, 100. I'm working on a 250 property portfolio right now. Um, and and it, not a lot of brokers know how to deal with this asset class on the bill for rent side and on the, um, on the portfolio side. So I was lucky enough to kind of find my niche and, yeah. and just hammer it, you know? So Adam, take us through a recent build to rent community or development or deal that you've done. It could be mm -hmm. five houses, could be five, you know, 50, 500, I don't care. But mm -hmm. to walk us through a deal, I've never done a build for rent. So I'm curious to see who are the players? How do you find the yep. land? How do you find the construction totally. GC, the whole thing? And mm -hmm. then how can our audience play in that space, being an active investor or a passive investor or some sort of JV partner. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so Bill Friend, there's a number of ways people can make money in Bill Friend, either by being a principal or a broker or, you know, it, it, there's a continuum of, of a lot of things that go on in a Bill Friend transaction. And I'll give you an example through, through a deal that I did. Um, I had a builder that knew how to source land, bring it through the zoning process and bring it through the entitlement process. And uh, he had two subdivisions. They're both townhomes. They were in uh, submarkets of Atlanta. One was a 65 unit uh, townhome complex. The other one was a 75 unit townhome complex. He was going to go and he had bought the land, brought it through what's called entitlement, which is the zoning and all the permits you got to get. And then he was a GC. So he did uh, the horizontal construction of the pads and the lots. And he's also a builder. And he was wondering whether or not it'd be smarter to sell all of the units to one investor as a rentals, rather than spending the next year and a half of his life selling them it's to retail investors, or I'm sorry, to retail homeowners, right? Mm -hmm. So I came and I said, hey, you know, here's the, the, the cap rate. The, here's what I think they'll rent for. Here's the cap rate that I think they'll throw off. And here's the price point I think you can get an investor interested in. He looked at his numbers and said, hey, you know, this means I'm getting out of the project within, you know, nine months, as opposed to a year and a half or two years. That means I'm saving on disposition costs, I'm saving on financing costs, I'm saving on headache costs. And I could then go to redeploy that capital into other projects that I've coming down the road either for sale or for investment purposes. So in that respect, I made my money by showing the builder how we can fit this project that was for sale originally into the bill for rent model and create a faster exit and create a more profitable exit firm at the end of the process. But by, by taking the very same units, you would sell to homeowners and sell them to an investor.
And I'm the guy that found the investor and I, and I negotiated the deal for him. In my newest real estate investing book, The Flip System, you'll learn the proven secrets and strategies that I've used to be a successful real estate investor. You'll also hear the story of my journey from quitting my job to doing over 2,000 units of apartments. The Flip System is now available for a limited time, and you can grab your free copy at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. You'll learn the same proven principles and secrets and investing strategies that I used to quit my job and pursue a life of financial freedom. In this book, I'm sharing exactly how I was able to personally close over 750 profitable real estate deals, make over 400 private lender loans, raise over $30 million, and acquire over 2,000 units of cash-flowing apartments. Get my newest book now for free at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. That's getflipsystem.com slash podcast. So he um, did so, the development, the entitlements, the GC work, the building work, and sold the whole portfolio to a new investor that came in and bought it? That's right. Yeah, he, he sold both subdivisions of about 120 units to one investor uh, at CO. So he's building the units and he's delivering them at like tranches of, uh, of 10 or, or 15 a month. Uh-huh, and that's uh-huh. and then that's happening in sequence, right? So if you think about, yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a crazy thing. And you know, builders had done it sporadically before, but never really in, in, in large scale like this. So if you think about what I just said. There's money to be made from the land acquisition through the entitlement phase. So if you're a person that knows how to find land and develop land, you can find land, develop land, and then sell the entitled land. And there's profit to be made there. If you're a person that knows how to take entitled land and put lots in the ground. So like actually do the site work and, and you know, bring up the bulldozers, pull down the trees, do yep. that. There is money to be made between the entitlement and the lots. If you're a, a builder that doesn't know how to do any kind of land work, you can always buy finished lots and then build homes and sell those for a profit. And then there's people that have expertise all along the spectrum that can add value by, you know, finding land, finding services for these, uh, for these different players, being a broker, being consultants. Um, it really, the thing about a new space like Build for Rent there's not a lot of long-term expertise. So guys like me and others that understand the asset class of SFR intrinsically can add a lot of value to new capital that are coming in by sourcing opportunities and really doing the analysis and figuring out what the structure needs to be for capital flow into the space. Yeah, Adam, I'm curious. It's fantastic. I love it. So as a former residential investor, I still have some residential investments, but primarily mm-hmm. value at apartments. We're still trying to be in, whether it's resi or whether it's commercial apartments, still really try to be in for about 70 cents on the dollar, you know, purchase and value add improvements, capital improvements, CapEx, about 70% of the building's future value um, so that we can either sell it or refinance it and return investors equity principal. So does the, does the build to rent community, are you operating on the same economics? Are you looking to be all in uh, so whoever is then selling the final portfolio, let's say it's a hundred uh, build to rent, total finished. There's a CEO. It's delivered to an investor who buys the portfolio, mm-hmm. all hundred units, and turns around, and rents them all out. Is that guy trying to be all in at seventy cents on the dollar? Help me understand the economics. And yeah. are there certain areas where this is working better? Uh, you know, are there areas where, again, housing stock is limited? We know there's an undersupply of houses in general, 
because I, mm-hmm. the reason why I really like this model and what you're talking about is the opportunity that you could sell each individual house as a retail property to somebody yeah. that moves into it and buys it. So you have these multiple exit strategies. So help me yeah. understand the yeah. economics of the all-in number and the areas mm-hmm. where this is working well to kind of fill, fill the need for both rental housing and potentially retail. All right, you, you threw like five questions at me. Yeah, so I'm, gonna answer I'm good at that. I got like eight questions that. for you. Throw them, just pick yeah. whichever one you want to answer and go from there. So, so thinking about it from the perspective of the end buyer, the, the, the firm that's actually going to own the units and operate them over the long term, very hard for individuals or even high net worth individuals to, to play in that space. That's mostly institutional capital right now. And the way that's working is the, 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 the cap rates that a institutional investment firm needs to achieve, depending on where they get their capital from, if you're talking about pure, like, uh, uh, I don't know if you know the term gross yield and cap rate. Gross yield is essentially gross annual income divided by the purchase price. Cap rate is net of expenses. Um, people are looking for finished products in the cap rate range of five and a half to 6% right now. Wow. And with the leverage that they're able to, the, the leverage that institutional investors are able to get, you know, that means they can get an all-in return of like, you know, low 12 to high teens, right? Buying at that kind of cap rate when you look at it on a levered basis. So I don't see that as a huge opportunity for the layperson, the non-institutional investor to come in and really compete with the institutional capital because their cost of capital is just so low. Their financing is just so good. I think the opportunity for individual investors or smaller investors to make money are in creating the product for those guys to be the takeout. And I've got a lot of clients that are doing that. So right now I'm working with a, a smallish investor. You know, he's, he's, he's a wealthy guy, but he's no, by no means, you know, a hundred million dollar fund, you know, He's just a guy that found a 30 uh, lot subdivision here in Charlotte. He spent two years going through entitlement, going through lot development, land development, and now he's building the homes and he's going to make, you know, a million dollar profit on these, uh, on these 30 homes by selling those 30 homes, not to residential uh, homeowners, but to an investor. And right. the investor is more than happy to buy it from him at a very, you know, reasonable cap rate because their numbers mean they're making money on a management fee. They're making money on a promote. They're making money on their side, you know, buying at these low cap rates. My guy's making money because he knows, has a know-how and the, uh, the experience to find good deals and bring a lot of value through a, a development like that. Um, so so that, that, that's kind of how the dichotomy between like the, the end investor that owns the assets and the people that add value and sell assets to Got those it. kind of investors. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, if somebody was going to develop a site of 20 or 50 built to rent with the intention of selling them to an institution, because you're in the space, are we looking for locating the institution and what the institution, like do you begin with the end in mind? Meaning do you try to locate the institution first that has an appetite to buy those, mm-hmm. buy that community, find out what their buy criteria is find out where they want to be, price per unit, cap rate, gross yield, et cetera, and then back in and go find them the site and build the houses in order to sell them? Or is it more spec where you're doing the building, uh, building out the units, trying to then find the institution after you've broke ground or after you're starting to build? You've probably seen all the above, right? So help me understand what's the best way to do it. Yeah. So you basically outlined the very reason why I started Strata SFR, right? Because what we do is we start with the end of mind. We've surveyed dozens and dozens of investors and we figure out what everyone's looking for and everyone's nuances and how they buy and what they buy and where they buy and the, and the structure which they buy. 
That's, that's the consulting and brokerage business and, and advice that we offer. If you're a person that's just out there looking for land and you don't have all day and the resources to spend on the phone with you know, two or three institutions every day, figuring out where they're buying now and how they're buying. If you're an individual and you want to start with the end in mind, you might talk to one or two funds that say, we want to buy here, here, and here. And you would go find those assets and try to kind of uh, fit those, those projects into that, that narrow scope. Part of the great thing about what I love about what I do is I can let builders and developers work on finding the best deals that they think are good deals because they know the market's better than anyone else. You know, it, no matter what an institutional investor says that's new to a market or owns just, you know, several hundred, several thousand in an area, someone that has 20 years of experience or like years of experience buying and developing land and developing lots and developing and building homes, that person knows the nuances of a market better than anyone else. And what I love is telling, an uh, telling a builder or a developer, you tell me where these guys should be buying. Because they ask me all the time, you know, where's the next coffee shop opening up? Or where's the new library opening up? And mm -hmm. where are the events? And where are the, 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 the cars and coffee events going on? Where's, where's the buzz around town? And, you know, as long as they adhere to a, a few simple kind of principles where you can't be too rural, people don't want to buy out in the sticks, you know, they need to be close to transportation, close to amenities like shopping and retail and restaurants. And it's got to have decent schools. Um, there's like, there's like 20 check marks that an institution checks off when looking at a, 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 a project. And if you keep that in mind, when you're out there looking for, for, for good opportunities, you know, coming to a firm like Strata or someone like me to say, Hey, you tell me out of all the investors that you work with, where does my, where's my product fit in best? And a guy like me says, great. Tell me all about the project. I'd love it it's going to fit these three funds. And I put it in front of those three funds and have them fight it out for it, you know? Got it. Uh, and that's my model. So. Got it. So knowing a guy like you, who's got the access to the institution, which is then ultimately the end buyer that buys mm -hmm. the whole complex, the whole portfolio is a key part because you might have a great uh, development that you do a great build to rent development, or even a development of single family rentals that you, you buy and rehab. They're all kind of in the same area looking to sell the whole thing at one time. But if you don't have access into that end buyer it could be tough to liquidate. So that's it, the, that's yeah. the need that you, that's the area that you fill. And that's, and, and I'm not saying that find me particularly, I'd be pretty self-serving, but they got to have an entree onto the, the exit. You always got to start with the end in mind and, you know, builders, generally they're, 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 they're doing their business during the day. They don't have time and they don't have the resources or they don't want to understand what everyone wants. And at the end of the day, you know, if you're a builder or a developer and you just know a project is good because it has the right dirt and the right spot and the right schools and the right demographics, believe me, likely it's going to end up being a good built for rent project if the rents support a certain cap rate, which you got to know how to do, which, yep. you know, guys like me can figure out for you. Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. Adam, what's the minimum size project that an institution typically would want to buy? How many doors I or would, price are you looking at? 
so, so if you asked me uh, 12, 12 months ago, I would have said between 125 and 175 being the sweet spot. And that's true for most institutions. But there's so many different kinds of players coming into the space of all different levels that right now I've done deals as small as 30, all the way up to my largest deal being about 220 units. So uh, it really depends on when you start with the end in mind, what your buyer's appetite is. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work with a fairly large swath of buyers that range from high net worth individuals or family offices that like 30 or 40 or 50 unit subdivisions. But um, the, real, the, the real answer to that question has to do with the operation and the management, because as long as you can buy enough units to operate efficiently in a market, uh, that's going to dictate how many units you ultimately want to buy. And if you're a large institution, that means owning five to 600 or even more in a market. If you're a small investor that, you know, is going to do the management himself or maybe hire a third party, but wants to do it on a smaller scale, maybe you're okay with 40 or 50, you know, Um, you're never going to get to 500, 600 and get the operating scale that most of the large institutions do. But, you know, depending on what your ultimate goals are, maybe you don't need that. So got it. um, So Adam, what's, so this is probably the last question that I want to ask you about some advice, like what kind of, you know, after all the success you've had, what kind of advice would you give? Um, But one question I have is what's the rule of thumb? There's probably a rule of thumb that you operate. There's, you know, there's obviously everybody has these spreadsheets, right? I've got them in my apartment business. Everyone's got them uh, that they kind of can underwrite a deal off of, but there's always rules of thumb that says, okay, if an institution is going to want to be all in for X and they're going to get, want to get gross rents of Y. And Mm -hmm. generally let's say it's, uh, 10%, meaning if your, your price is 150,000, they want 1500 bucks a month. Is there a rule of thumb in your industry for that? There is. Yeah. So, um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it off, off the cuff math. So basically, um, for every hundred thousand dollars, I mean, it's a little bit hard for me to, to answer that question depending on the market, but we're always trying to get to a cap rate. Right, or a gross yield of between call it eight and ten percent of uh, eight and ten percent. So gross yield again is gross income divided by purchase price. So okay. in a market like Charlotte or a core market, Charlotte, Orlando, Jacksonville, Raleigh, top tier markets where inventories at its all time low, people are accepting gross yields for finished product as low as eight percent. You know, gross yeah. yields, which means they're setting uh, cap rates in the, in the in the high or mid fours. Um, so if you do the math and depending on where you're looking to sell the deal out, you know, if it's that completion of the units, you want to target, you know, closer to an eight and a half or an eight and a half percent gross yield. If you're selling lots and expecting someone to build a home on the lots, you're targeting a tick higher, a nine, nine point five, nine seven, uh, nine point seven five. If you're looking to sell entitled land, if you figure out what the ultimate gross yield is going to be when a unit is on there, you want to be closer to 10, 10 and a half. So I don't know what those exact rents versus prices uh, uh, are, but uh, the good rule of thumb is if you figure out what the ultimate rent's going to be per year and divide it by the price you think you could sell it for, you want to be in that eight to 10% gross yield range. Perfect. Got it. So Adam, now that you've been in this industry for a while and you've sold more single family rentals than anybody, uh, what kind of advice would you give your younger former self or some of our audience about some things you've learned along the way. It could be business advice specific to the FSFR industry or just entrepreneurship advice. What, what do you think are some of the keys uh, to your success and some things you'd like to pass back to our audience? 
So a friend of mine, when I first started in being a sales guy, when I was like 21 years old, he said something to me, like it always stuck with me. And I, the more older I get, it's, uh, it resonates even more. Don't get too high with the highs or low with the lows. If you're in real estate or any business that you depend on a commission or a sale or a profit to happen, you are inevitably going to have moments of absolute euphoria and you're going to have moments of dire straits. And the more I recognize when I'm in those moments of euphoria to ultimate despair, I realize that I could stay here mentally. You know, if I keep, you know, my, uh, my family life, my spiritual life and my work life all in balance, uh, my financial life, I realize that when things are going really good, I got to remind myself things are going to get bad eventually. And when things yeah. are bad, I got to remind myself things are going to get really good eventually. So trying to keep that even keel, uh, that, that's the advice I get to my younger self. Stay Fantastic even keel as much stuff. as you can. So Adam, your website is stratasfr.com. You guys look yes, them sir. up on the internet. Uh, whether you want to play anywhere along that spectrum, even being an active investor, passive investor, developer, or learn more about how you can play, Adam's the guy that we would recommend to, uh, you know, to lean on for advice. And if you have a portfolio that you're looking to exit, Adam may, be, uh, may even be able to find you a buyer. So Adam, listen, thank you so much for joining us today on Accelerated Investor. It was awesome talking to you. Thanks so much. I had a lot of, I had a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Hey, Josh here. And do you want to win a free Accelerated Investor t-shirt? All you have to do is give Accelerated Investor, our podcast, Accelerated Investor, a rating and a review on iTunes. Okay? Do that now. Then send us a screenshot on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. What we're going to do then is every week we're going to pick our favorite rating and review and we're going to send that person a free t-shirt and maybe again some other cool fun stuff as well from accelerated investors so again don't forget to take a screenshot leave a rating review take a screenshot send it to us so we know exactly who you are and then once a week every week on the podcast we will announce a new winner don't forget to take a screenshot and send it to us so we know exactly who you are we'll announce a new winner every week You were just listening to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. If you enjoyed this episode and learned something new, help us build the AI community by leaving a review and five-star rating on our iTunes podcast channel. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss another episode. To see passive investing opportunities, visit freelandventures.com slash passive. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of with multifamily apartments, apply for one-on-one -on -one coaching with Josh at www.joshcantwellcoaching.com. <laughs>